0: This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. Where's your innovation, huh? Sequels suck.
1: Do the same thing. Everyone's happy. It's all about money, boys. Here we go again. Long have I waited.
0: Hey, guys, and welcome to this special Franchise Fatigue mini-sode. We are a show that talks about film series one via time. And I am here with my co-host, James Hamrick. What's up, man? Oh, not so much, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Christmas is fun. Uh, I'm having fun with the family.
0: Uh, you're doing
1: okay? I'm using my family as therapy.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so this is a special mini so It will be our only episode this week. And we're going to be talking about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I think, safe to say, you know, one of the most, if not the most anticipated films this year for both of us. And it came out. And uh, there are lots and lots of thoughts and feelings floating around the whole world. And I think in both of us. <laughs> so I will let you go first, James. How, what are your feelings now? Uh, you, you have only seen it once. I have seen it twice. Um, so what, what are your feelings on it right now? <laughs>
1: I feel like um, I'm, I still feel the way I did. Like the morning I woke up after I saw it, where I thought, "Surely this is a dream. Surely <laughs> my movie is about to come out. I'm gonna see it tonight." I, I remember, I started when it started off during the first ten minutes. I was just thinking, like, "No, <laughs> what what is going on? Why is..." Also,
0: spoilers. We are going to be spoiling the movie. I, I don't know how we could possibly talk about this without spoiling some things. So, all right, let, let's just give our brief kind of Rotten Tomatoes blurb, and then we're gonna spoil it.
1: Okay, My brief Rotten Tomatoes blurb is that this movie tries to do so much so quickly that it feels like there's at least a whole film in between the last one and here that may have somehow completely... In, like This fake film that exists between this and the last one upended everything that, <laughs> that came before, and then this is serving as a non-existent sequel. And I feel like there's a lot of legwork that the movie is having me do to make this movie make any amount of sense. And, like, I I honestly get why people say this doesn't feel like a sequel. Like, uh, I don't know. There's, there's good stuff here. The chemistry is, is fun. I think there's some really, really good bits of humor. I think a lot of the action looks gorgeous. There's a couple scenes in particular that I think are just really fantastic in terms of choreography and everything. But as a whole, it's. I, I'm. What this movie. The last thing I'll say without spoilers is this movie, a year from now, may somehow, in some way, s- satisfactorily maybe wrap up like the saga in a way that I can live with. I'm just not sure I can ever see this as a. As a wrap up for this sequel trilogy, and, and be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was pretty much right there on my first viewing. And like <laughs> this whole thing has been like a four day ordeal. Like with the Rotten Tomatoes, they came out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like because all other, you know, most Star Wars movies, most 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 like big blockbusters, the you know critics usually are really easy on them. And so it's like, what could have possibly been done? to get you know, th- this much kind of vitriol. And then I saw it and I'm like, Oh, I get it. Uh, yeah. So as you said, it, it is so rushed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then it, that it was, it was so rushed that on my first viewing, pretty much every single scene was like, I don't feel anything. I cannot connect. I cannot get into this scene because we're just moved. We're just skipping from moment to moment to beat, to beat second viewing. I would say about 75% of that went away. Like, I could, I, could, I could connect with the movie. It was still too fast, but I was there for it, you know? Uh, like, that obviously helped a lot from moment to moment. Uh, overall, I, th- I think the biggest issue with this film, as you said, it doesn't feel like a sequel to the, uh, to the Last Jedi, which a lot of people say, oh, this is an F you to The Last Jedi, and all that, which maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But it also, it doesn't feel like a sequel to The Force Awakens. Like, the story that is told in this film feels entirely confined to this film like it it introduces the conflict it introduces the stakes it introduces the character arcs in this film and there are character arcs and like that's the interesting it's not it's not entirely devoid of good things of draw of good drama but it's just like it doesn't avail itself of anything if it really uh, well, I can't say anything. There is obviously a lot of stuff that comes from the previous films, but like when you're looking at the structure of the sequel trilogy, the themes they were building towards, it kind of says, "No thanks, I'm going to make my you know my ent- an entirely new story that we will we will introduce, set up, build up to, and resolve in one film." And it's it's just bizarre on that front. Yeah, and I think I think we will, we're just going to spoilers right now, just to- okay, so on that why the heck is palpatine back
1: yeah okay so um okay. to me this movie honestly this movie itself feels like it could have been a trilogy because like you said this movie introduces the the conflict and the stakes and like it, it, it where the this movie it 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 feels like my issue with hosnian prime but on steroids where when in hosnian prime whenever I'm supposed to feel so much. I don't feel anything. And I give it a pass because that's not even the, that's not the climax of that film. Like I think that film wants me to feel more there, but whenever we actually do get to like the the actual battle between Rey and Kylo, like I am feeling a lot there because that's that has been properly introduced and I am enjoying that. However, here like with this the idea of this final order, which we we don't know where, <laughs> where it came from, is there's just some random planet that he's got all of these star destroyers
0: yeah you you know the people who have been writing you know making a billion youtube videos about all every single tiny supposed plot hole in the last jedi this film has at least 20 that are worse than the worst one in the last jedi yeah and and, and i don't foresee that that's that's, (laughs) i don't foresee the same type of videos coming out it's 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 kind of hilarious. Is, yeah, is this so? Is this fleet?
1: Was this built after his death?
0: As best I can tell, the instant he got tossed down a shaft, he started doing this because Ray Ray is what she is twenty, and she looks to be about like six or seven, maybe like six to eight when she was left. So, so that, that's halfway back to there, and also he on, he had the Sith Way, the Sith Wayfinder was in the Death Star, so exegol was part of something whether or not the fleet and the final order was so yeah this is the thing if he had the fleet during the events
1: of the original trilogy then he's an idiot for not
0: using it but if he didn't
1: then where did this come from and how is he staffing it all and how is he building it all
0: you having been really enmeshed in canon and having books like Catalyst. And just various books that are all about like logistics and the, the Thrawn trilogy that are like how freaking difficult it was to build a single Death Star and keep it secret, like all of the – just the way they had to just strip, you know, strip various worlds to the core for raw material, and like and how, like how did he get all that inside of this impossible to reach places?
1: I heard that throwaway um, line. So is he is he a transferred consciousness into a new clone
0: or it's a different body? That's for sure. I mean, it's still McDermott, but you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like the Emperor. So
1: Yeah, and so that's why I'm thinking it's a clone, because it wouldn't have cloned him into looking like the
0: Scarred Thing. It would. But then why would he clone himself into a 70-year-old man? <laughs> it, 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 the thing is, it doesn't explain. It doesn't even try to explain why the Emperor is back. And I'm sorry if you came to this review and you really like this movie. And actually, on second viewing, I do like this movie more than I dislike it. I do want to touch on some of those, but... <laughs> I do want to let James run through some of his nitpicks first. I haven't yeah. gotten
1: to that era uh, just yet, and I want to. And like I said, I've, I've been saying this in every chat that I'm in. Like a year from now, I'm sure I will like this movie, like I will be able to and un- I will be able to watch it and enjoy it. But I haven't gotten those. I haven't gotten over the shock yet. So this is just going to be me venting. But like, I feel. So what was what was the point of Snoke? You have the line in The Last Jedi where Snoke is saying, "I knew that." Uh, you know if as he trained his equal in the light would rise skywalker i thought but it turns out you so we had this assumption that snoke was seeking out luke but now this retroactively erases that because- i made snoke so <laughs> but like you make snoke to look for luke because <laughs> yeah, yes, then Snoke girl. was like oh i'm surprised i thought i was going to get luke but it turns out it's this rando girl this rando girl who also happens to be who palpatine's been looking for what? this whole time I th- uh,
0: there's a there's i a, i'm still stuck on the vat of Snoke's. <laughs> um the, the problem with this film is it undermines the entire conflicts of the previous two films like the entire first order makes no sense because for the entirety of that time he has had the final final order there and ready so w- and and if he was truly the the one behind the the scenes what was the point of it all like well why start with the first order when you have a so much better thing like and also jj was mocked mercilessly for four years because he made he, he did an, another death star and he even said yeah
1: i learned my lesson there
0: and he just gives so he, us a fleet of many death stars yeah is this an f you to the people who have been <laughs> just say, mocking him all these years like it the film's I and, and I, I don't know where the line between just incompetent writing and just a lot of studio interference came in. Um, you know, we know like JJ, he might, not, he's not, he's not like a world-renowned writer. He's a director, and you know, he's obviously a talented writer. So I don't expect you know perfection from JJ. Chris Terrio, um, our, he he won an Academy Award for Argo, and I know a lot of people have mixed thoughts on BBS. You know, you and I think it's. an you know pretty close to being a masterpiece so to have a film that is so sloppily written you kind of your your mind immediately goes to like like was this the studio where <laughs> were they forced to do these things was this their actual plan i, I don't know it, it's and there
1: there was an interview that really it, it makes makes me borderline upset because where they asked him about ryan johnson they've asked him, They've asked him about Ryan Johnson several times, and I think recently something he said was uh, because they were asking if that messed up with any of his plans, and he's like, "No, not really. Like, what's what's crazy is me and Kasdan were we had plans on where things could go, and and Ryan Johnson didn't really like do anything with those particular plans. Like, they they didn't put their own answer on the thing that we were trying to build to, and so we we got to do what we wanted. What that sounds like is is a genuine ignoring of The Last Jedi. Because instead of saying, well, let's continue where this plot has naturally gone, those ideas that we had way back then that have technically not been touched, but have also not at all been set up, let's just let's throw all of that here at once.
0: Yeah. which And I was listening to a separate interview, I think, and he was essentially saying like, me and Kasten, we came on late. You know, Michael Arndt was the original writer for The Force Awakens. Me and Kasten came on late and we were just scrambling to get this movie out for the release date. They even had to delay it by a couple of months. And he's like we didn't – there was no like real plan. We had a lot of ideas but there was no plan laid out for the next film. And so like, like it was literally like Johnson couldn't throw out a plan because there wasn't a plan. And in a different interview, we said essentially – like you said, we had a lot of ideas. Like that wouldn't be cool if we could do that. Wouldn't be cool if we could do that and now that we came back to the third film we could we got a chance to explore those wouldn't it be cool things a bit more which was kind of what he said um and he, which as you as you said it essentially means he is ignoring the last jedi um which is just just poor franchise writing
1: yeah I honestly expected. I have been defending Kathleen Kennedy, and this uh, this doesn't make me hate Abrams. This doesn't make me hate Kennedy, and this doesn't make me hate Um It just makes me disappointed in the three of them. <laughs> like, because I, I, in one way, I really did appreciate Kennedy's um, this philosophy—just of just letting people come in and look down at the story and say, "Oh wow!" Like, what can I do? What do what Johnson did, which is. See like what's the hardest thing for this character like these characters where where they are now like where they are at the end of this film what's interesting after here and i like i wish it makes me think jj J. abrams genuinely did not like last jedi i feel like that could, that's essentially confirmed didn't like or didn't
0: understand
1: it's one of the i wish that they got somebody who could who liked and understood the last jedi but who also i guess Cause I don't like the division in the fandom. I, I want, I do want a movie that kind of unites a bit more people. The thing is, I thought it was going to be Abrams to do that. Yeah. I thought that he was going to be the person who could come in and. Uh.
0: Or simply don't have Abrams write it. Like he is primarily a director and I, that he's, you, you, you watch these films. Like he's such, he's so like emotionally into like each moment. He makes each moment really emotional. He's a very emotional filmmaker. It doesn't mean, you know, he's, He's great at crafting you know, overall narratives and making out a plan, and not you know just trolling the past for you know for for whatever idea to he can uh, he can then do again. And, and that's what I thought, though that I,
1: that's why I thought that he and Terrio were like the dream team because I feel like Terrio just he brought out because I I love Batman versus Superman for the same reasons that like for many of the same reasons that I love the Last Jedi. They just feel like these powerful deconstructions that like holds true to the core of what this is and celebrates everything i love about it while also just bringing an incredible amount of ambition and depth and mm-hmm. so i thought like this is going to this Perry is going to bring all of these powerful character ideas and then abrams is going to structure it like plot it out in a way that just feels perfect on like the technical aspects and we're just going to like briskly like in his perfect pacing kind of way just Perfectly move through all of these beautiful plot points and character arcs, and it all just feels so isolated to this itself.
0: And I, I think I have suspicions about possibly a, to- a uh, runtime uh, mandate, which I don't. They just made a three-hour film that um, that made all the money in the world. So I'm not. I can't. I'm not really sure of that because it doesn't seem to you know to really line up with their policy, but. Like the one thing J.J. Abrams has always had, like even in his like least successful movies, like uh, Super Eight or or um, Into Darkness, like they are b- both of those movies are absolutely thrilling and engaging to watch in the moment. And this film, I, I, I the pacing, you know, it's not as bad on second viewing, but it it just it doesn't have that just sense of just perfect flow. Like so many sequences, I feel like they're missing, you know, the establishing shots or in just like a second in, in like it's like when you're watching the prequels and and every shot lasts a second too long. This movie feels like every shot lasts a a second or a couple seconds, you know, too, too little. I mean, it's too short. Um, Yeah.
1: This movie never felt like it gave time to breathe. Like, and and it really felt like it was even like it really ever facilitated conversations. It was like people reading lines at each other really quickly and moving on. There wasn't like, Hey, let's, let's sit down and actually talk like human beings. And I'm not saying I need this, like like these quiet moments of drama, but it's just like everything felt so quickly. It felt like the actors were being directed to hurry up and get through all of their lines so the scene can keep moving.
0: Which is kind of what he does, but... And which thing I think I'm thinking back to the Force Awakens when right after Finn and Ray escape Jakku and the the thing goes wrong in the Falcon. Oh no, it's gonna be filled with poisonous gas. And we're but but we're getting all this you know both exposition and character stuff. It's happening really fast. It's really funny. I'm like, there's a way to do that right. I think a problem here is that they didn't is that so many of those exposition scenes are centered around Leia, and so everyone has to just kind of stand still and give their lines. And it feels really weird. Yeah, I I'd
1: seen even some of the critics were being like, you know, I I think they did a fantastic job at integrating Leia. I don't think they did a terrible job at all. But and and maybe it is just because I'm acting with the knowledge that I do have. Like we we all know. Like I I wonder how much I would I would actually think about this if I didn't know about the like her her death and everything. But just watching it with that knowledge it's she never gives any actual plot specific it's it's these weird passive kind of like don't underestimate a droid like hey i need you to be optimistic or you know like tell me what's the situation she's never involved in anything
0: she is actually um on rewatch she is actually very integral to ben um and also razar like it's there's not enough they're simply you know she died and and it's, it's 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 a horrible, horrible situation for a filmmaker to be in because, you know, Trevorrow talked about, uh, you know, first movie was going to be Han Solo, second movie Luke, third movie Leia. And when you actually look at Rey's story, you know, where, where Leia is now her Jedi mentor, or at least, you know, you know, mentoring her as, be- as best she can in the Force. And she's also the fulcrum point for Ben's redemption. Like, she is at the heart of this movie. And I think they do a decent job at maintaining that but again you know there's just there's they didn't have the material to fully make that land
1: so she i mean she's involved in that in that like there's just so much where i feel like i'm looking at a leia shaped hole that she cannot fill where like what she does have just feels so impassive where she's like there's no specifics to anything she says it's just these like
0: it does. It feel like she, her line. Her lines are being set up. Like it, I went back to iRobot. Robot. I shared the gif where uh, 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 James Cromwell was like, "I'm sorry, my responses are limited. You must ask the right question," and that's kind of what it felt like. Like they kind of had to set up her lines, and like, okay, you have to have her. You know, in order to have that emotional impact, she she has to be there. And like, I I don't want to focus on this because I think this is the, like this is the least of their crimes, simply because they they didn't really have much of a choice in, you know, in how this was done. Like, but why did I, she I, die I think, though? If I'm reading it correctly, she was, I think Ray killed, essentially I think Ray killed her in her rage. Um, um, but no, cause the, the other people because, were acting as if,
1: which Leia's is about to do is insane. Like, and they had no idea about Ray's situation. There seemed to be something on Leia's end. Even the people around her knew.
0: And I'm still a iffy on that, but I think what we're supposed to understand is she was somehow kind of inside Ben, and as and maybe she gave her life to kind of keep him alive for a few seconds longer. It was, I think, it was somehow in like when when Ray stabbed Ben, it also killed her. I believe that's what they're going for.
1: People try to say that Luke's death makes no sense after what he did. <laughs> That,
0: um, maybe I, I I think you know, when Han Solo comes, I think that scene was supposed to have been originally her. Yeah, and, which is probably why, why they were able to convince Harrison Ford to come back. You know, you know to give and kind of like with uh, Heath Ledger and the Imaginarium of Doctor Parsons or whatever, where they got a bunch of other actors to kind of step in after he passed away.
1: That's what me and friend whenever we left. That's what we were thinking. Is like I, I think they can justify that because of Luke's line and be like, I'll be with you just like your father. We're like ah, oh, technically we can do this. But yeah, it just um, it definitely felt like that moment was supposed to be a heart to heart with he and Leia, and it, but it just
0: that said. I think they that is a one of my favorite scenes in the movie because the way they call back to certain moments and like it's like a inverse of the, the of their scene together on the bridge where he you know he does the same face touch and and Benvey on in so much more of a distraught place. And there's one moment that I, I absolutely adore where after he's he just broke down. He says, "Dad." And I don't know if he's going to say I'm sorry, I love you, or whatever. And and, and Hansel just says, "I know." It's a much and better
1: "I know" callback than the Return of the Jedi one. In my, opinion.
0: yeah, you know, him reaching out to his son like that, and them finally be able to have the connection, and and it's paying off his arc from the first film. Like that moment on the bridge was the seed of his redemption, and like his sacrifice actually it was his sacrifice that did it in the end, and the. I think that's really powerful. Um, like, I don't. Want, I don't want to focus on it too much in easy scene. I do want to talk about Ray, um, because I both hate and rather respect what they did with her. Number one, they made her Palpatine, which was just—I was ro- rolling my eyes so hard. In that Whenever he said
1: that in the theater, <laughs> I got so angry.
0: First off, the, okay. The, the problem with this. Is not so much that saying that having a character realize that they are from an evil parentage, and and having a tremendous amount of fear of their own power, and you know, and doubting their entire destiny and purpose. That is that is good story and it can be good story. The kind of issue here is that it's a different story than Ray's story up to now. And like going back to the Force Awakens. I don't I don't I don't see how she could be Palpatine's kid like the movie is called The Force Awakens. If she's Palpatine's child, the force isn't really awakening to anything. It's just Yeah,
1: it's not just this it's not this nobody that is like rising up to meet the darkness.
0: And maybe The Force Awakens was leading towards a democratization of the force where a whole bunch more people have force powers which, which could be what it is. We, we see in this movie Finn is developing force powers and possibly Jana like some kind of force sensitivity where she felt the exact same kind of call that he felt in the moment when she stopped being a stormtrooper like maybe that's what he meant. Maybe I think Johnson took it to mean Ray is the literal force awakening awakening. Um, but either way, I think like Ray's arc wasn't what it is here, and so I think that will forever just be this enormous missed opportunity because I think they do it. They, I think. When it comes, you know, when the metal meets the road, when it comes down to it, when you're watching this movie, Rey's arc is actually very well handled. I think the way the the the, the news of her heritage completely destroys her. Like they were, they were setting up her fear of her own power. You know, for the first half of the movie, gets the reveal, and and it just it kind of, you know, it, it drives her almost crazy. She you know she runs away just like Luke. Like, I cannot do this, and it's like th- that's good drama. But Ultimately, I think it's objectively inferior drama to what was said before. Number one, just because it's been done before, like it is literally Luke. You know, It is someone thinking, my destiny is this. And then, oh my gosh, no, you are my family. Therefore, your destiny is with me. Although, um,
1: it, you, you had pointed this out in a, a chat that we're in that I, I do agree with, which is that at least the difference here is that Luke had no fear. I, I never felt like Luke feared that that was his potential. We're shown that that was his potential with the, the on Dagobah and everything, but it, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't Luke's. It, it didn't feel like it, that was what his struggle was.
0: He yeah, fighting
1: against his bloodline.
0: And he, it didn't really torment him or, or it didn't really cause him any doubt. Aside from that one moment, you know, no, that's impossible. Aside from that moment, he's still he's in the fight. He's for the light. And it just it just makes it, his job harder where he has to save his father instead of kill him. Whereas with this Ray, it really does cut her to the core. So it's not exactly the same, but 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 the idea is the same. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, we had um, just a far more original, and interesting thing. But more importantly, it, we had we what was set up in the, in the first Awakens of the last Jedi was something that meant something for all of Star Wars. Whereas I don't I don't think this movie means anything for all of Star Wars. It's just another chapter and it's just another isolated chapter that i mean it the only thing it really means is it means that palpatine was really stupid in the first two films and so here's another question
1: that i have though is what so why can he live on if she strikes her down cuz he it sounds like he's saying like try to do you.
0: i will possess you could
1: he not who could he possess is it just her because they're blood related <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh i don't know maybe like is his current body one that he's possessed i mean well, so this what but, but like, it sounds like he's
1: in some way he's also being possessed not like possessed but he possesses the the souls of all of the sith so what uh, they almost did something that i thought would have been super cool which is actually provide like a lot of re, like meaning to the rule of two this idea that like by killing your master they live on in you and it's just this accumulation of which
0: makes the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the wise even more ironic <laughs> because
1: now he, but like so to me like but if that was it I was like okay that's kind of cool let's see where they go with this but then like it, they made it sound like it had to be her for that to happen. And so to me, this feels like it's not even the film contradicting something before. It feels like the film contradicting itself because he's saying he is all of the Sith. And now whenever I possess you, you will be all of the Sith. But all of the Sith before me weren't related. And yet they're still there. But I can only it has to be you to strike me down because we're related and
0: randomly that now. has I I, I don't know that it has to be her. I think he wants it to be her because she is obviously so powerful. Yeah, I don't know that he, it has to be her. Like it, it could just be a ritual that could be done for anyone. Like I wonder why he just didn't coerce Kylo. Well, but also he, he wanted for the first half of the film he was saying kill Rey. So there's that too.
1: <laughs> that's okay. That's true.
0: Um, and I, I have softened on the Exegol stuff just because of how flippin' weird all the Sith and dark side magic has been in the Clone Wars. Like we have an arc where they're storing up. Force energy like the for- life force in a ball, and they're gonna bring a dead person back to life through. it's so like, it, this, is, this is this is not at as left field as you would think if you've only been watching the movies. Like when you go to Malachor, it's a super weird place. It's it's not the
1: trippiness that I'm put off by because if I'm gonna be like, I actually really love the visuals there. Like it <laughs> felt like a almost a callback to the arena scene from Attack of the Clones, just like standing around and seeing this enormous thing and hearing the Sith chanting. Do what?
0: I've heard people say it with the Senate Chamber.
1: Oh yeah, and this is his new Senate Chamber. Yeah, and like the the visuals of it were really cool. I just there was something so creepy about hearing like all of their weird like hearing them speak in the Sith tongue and ch- like it was it was really cool. So I I like the trip. I I was actually hoping this movie would go trippy like this just because like the last Jedi went there a little bit with the force mirror and everything. And, uh, it, I don't know. May, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll hear some piece of news and a new show or a comic that kind of explains a little bit more of this. And I, I'll buy into it. It's just, it feels like for all of this to be introduced in the same movie, it just, it feels like I know so little about it.
0: And, and the problem with bringing Palpatine back to life and not explaining it is a really big one. As in, Ray kills Palpatine in the end, and I'm just sitting there like Thor in Infinity War, saying, "Well, he's been dead before. Like, if you do, if we don't know how he came back, killing him again isn't all that reassuring. Because like, can he not just do it again? Like, what what was the difference in this killing?" So what I feel like happens in this, and this is
1: why I think that in the long run, I'll be able to enjoy this more as a, a conclusion to the entire series, as opposed to a conclusion to this trilogy. Because I don't think this was. I'm never going to get to a place where I see this as a satisfactory conclusion to this trilogy, but in terms of like the series as a whole, I think what makes it different in this case is him it, and maybe this, but now you have to ask why wasn't this the case for him in Return of the Jedi. This idea that he is all of the Sith, I wonder, was that true for him in Return like at his state in Return of the Jedi? Was he all of the Sith then? Because if he wasn't and he somehow is now, then like by this one person who is an, an essentially an amalgamation of like, or just this vessel for the entire idea and power of the Sith. And he's now destroyed by this person who is essentially now acting as the conduit to all of the Jedi. It is this final, like there is that sense of finality to where... We kind of i I was hoping they would go gray, and this idea of true balance in the forest like the last Jedi, seemed to be hinting, and it's throughout the Clone Wars and Rebels, but it, it seemed like no, the Sith are bad, the Jedi are great. The Jedi came back and completely destroyed the Sith, and but at least we have that sense of finality, you know, like the Sith are now gone. This one vessel that contained them all, this whatever Exegol is, all of that is now being destroyed, and so I I guess that's where that sense comes from of this is a conclusion, you know, to
0: and, and killing this,
1: him uh, does something.
0: And I, I remember a- after like the force of, especially after the last year, people were like, well, who is Snoke? I cannot enjoy this film because I don't know who Snoke was or who the Knights of Ren are. And, like, I was like, well, th- th- like that, 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 th- what matters is the emotion of these characters, like Snoke and Phasma. They served a purpose, you know, for Finn's arc, for Kylo's arc. Um, and, but, but like the, the you know, it's, it's all about what's the drama of the film, but, we're gonna get all that. We're gonna get all that information in comics and books, and that's fine. Like, and th- that's the way we got all the outside, all the information for, about the original trilogy era. And but with this film, I feel like those comics and books are actually going to be the ones that give are almost more important than the movie because they are the ones that are going to explain what this actually means. Yeah, which is you know not a great place to be in, and we've been bashing a lot. I think it's, this movie is insane the the amount of things it does the way in which it does them it, it is moving it is so fast <laughs> it is just, it's, a, it's a crazy bonkers movie and i kind of almost in spite of myself love it for that um and i, I came out saying like, yeah i i do like it i think you know as a movie on its own separate from the the sequel trilogy it's a pretty fun little movie and it actually has some really solid drama um yeah well, as you say it's, it's not an ending to the sequel trilogy and so just, I do want to talk a bit about the things I did love. I think the chemistry between Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and, and uh, Oscar Isaac is incredible. Like some of the, like, it, this is like Chris Pine and Zachary uh, Quinto level of chemistry. They're just the, the, the back and forth rapid fire. They're just so much fun together. Um, just, you, know, you were a Spice Runner? You were a Stormtrooper? Wait, you were a Spice Runner? You were a scavenger? We can do this all night. Like it is it, so fast. I think the, the, the scene where uh, after uh Poe uh light skips light speed skips, which is another thing that's introduced in this movie, which I, I do like. Uh and the, the Falcon's all right, it's on fire, it's all of it, it's all on fire. <laughs> like, what did you do to the Falcon? what should you do to BBA? just they're, they're they're it's so fun to watch these people be together. Um, the friendship and just the friendship between Poe and Finn, like that was my biggest gripe with The Last Jedi. Or one of the biggest gripes is that they separated that, that bromance. They're back together and they're amazing in this movie. It's cheating.
1: General. Definitely. General?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's great. It's like So like this movie is fun to watch. Even when I'm annoyed at the pacing, I'm like, I'm just happy to be with these people. Uh, C3PO is fantastic.
1: Yes. Uh, this is C this is the best C3POs in the whole series to me. You didn't call my name, but I'm okay, sir. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so like it's, it's, it's not a bad movie in that way. It's very entertaining to watch. And also on the second viewing, I thought the emotions actually landed pretty well. Oh, one thing. J.J. Abrams took one thing from Last Jedi, and that is the force uh, the, the force connection between Rey and, and Kylo. And he uses it perfectly.
1: See, this was the perfect way. To like take something from that movie and run with it i the, their fight scene whenever he actually takes the beads i wanted to like stand up and clap like at least you did this jj that was awesome
0: well yeah that and then the, the fight scene on in kylos chambers and on uh on a kajimi between them just the way the camera spun around and went in between different worlds it's so cool
1: and, but was, another thing that i'm like that i don't know if that was explicitly a callback but it almost i'm my head cannon says it is. Of uh, her like yet again giving him the saber like in the last Jedi she throws it at him and he turns it on and off and kills the guy behind him and in this case she puts it behind her back and now he has it again.
0: And Ky- Kylo after being redeemed like we, we I, I, he only says like w- I think he only says one word which is ow. <laughs> but I think he, Adam Driver's body language is so much fun to watch. Just the way he looks when he gets the lightsaber he looks around at the Knights of Ren, <laughs> um or just. St- Coming up behind Ray and both the Big igniting and the Lifesavers at the same time. Like, I, I'm not, I wasn't a Ben Demption guy. I wasn't I'm definitely not a Raylo guy. Um but Ben post-redemption is just so much fun. I'm glad they didn't try to force a romance and just try to say, oh, everything's okay. We know you're just a poor little baby boy who didn't, you know, who didn't mean anything. Like I I don't know how I feel entirely about the way the death was handled, but I'm at least glad they didn't go that just that route of complete lack of agency or consequences
1: my criticisms would be reduced heavily if there was no kiss and i'm not saying the kiss ruins everything for me it's just that feels very tacked on to me
0: it it got it got a loud cheer in the theater from a certain group behind me
1: (laughs) me too yeah there was a bunch of 12 year old girls who just lost their minds at that part
0: (laughs) yeah uh like again like after the force awakens and, and like if the throne room it turned out differently. I could see them in five years being together, but there's a lot of counseling <laughs> that needs to happen before that. And like,
1: I even buy it whenever she says, I want to take your hand. I want to take Ben's hand because at that moment she really did. Like, yeah, she was growing. Like, I don't know if they were necessarily romantic feelings, but she was, there were feelings for Ben. She wanted to see him redeemed. She wanted a connection there. And so I don't even like, I wanted him to die a villain, but if he's going to be redeemed, like, i I don't think that redeeming him is just the worst thing ever um but I just yeah i'm I'm upset because I don't feel like there was anything romantic, and the kiss just seemed like all of the all of the people with all of their fan art. Some like influenced my movie you don't get to do you don't get to just make all of these stupid <laughs> raylo shipping nonsense and then win they w-
0: okay um so again you'll keep in mind that this is your first viewing. what are your final thoughts on this movie
1: <laughs> i don't have any final thoughts i'm just so <laughs> i so we had very similar reactions. Whenever I saw the The Rotten Tomatoes score, my heart sank and I was like actually having to fight off some sense of depression. I'm like, this I've poured so much time into defending these movies and justifying their existence and adoring them and and to see this seemingly crash and burn critically just really, really just oh, I was so upset by it. And then to see like I wanted to fight for it. I was like, you know what? I get some sort of weird excitement for defending movies. Maybe this will be another one. And then by the end, just to know that so many of the criticisms criticisms were justified just really made me angry.
0: And what's weird is that everyone else seems to like it. Like we have a Star Wars group with over like, around two thousand members, and I would say ninety percent is like to love. Yeah, which is bizarre and fascinating to me. And I don't want to bash them. I don't want to say they're stupid, but. I think it just, I think it is really confirming something in my mind that just, there are two very different camps of what people want. Some people, they just kind of want the fun, the adventure. Other people want, you know, the opera, the deep meanings. I wanted to change my life, which I think we're both kind of in that latter camp. And I think most people, do they just want a good time at the movies. And this this was, this was that.
1: Yeah. So my final thoughts are, um, I, I love, I unironically love Attack of the Clones. Like, it's not good, but it's Star Wars, and I've grown to genuinely love it. And I think that a year from now, I will be able to sit down and like this movie. And then once it's all over, and especially once other content comes out, and it's not even the newest thing anymore, it's I'm going to do with it what I'm going to do. And it's not as bad as Attack of the Clones either. Like just before people want to make that, you know, like think that that's what I'm saying. But yeah. like Attack of the Clones it's going to get to a place where I think I will be able to say I unironically love it. But (laughs) right now it's just my immediate moments are that of betrayal. It just, it feels like a middle finger to me for having the audacity to love the last Jedi and defend it. And it's, it's in a similar place. I'm in a similar place as I was with justice league where it just, the whole movie felt like a big screw you for like loving Batman versus Superman you know, like we, you, the the people, the the part of the fan base that stuck around and defended us. That's the exact part of the fan base that we couldn't care less about. Here's something new for the other people. So there, there's a, and I may sound melodramatic, but there's a some sort of weird sense of betrayal of like this, this is not what I wanted, and not even in this entitled way. It's just like this is not what you were doing.
0: Mm-hmm. There,
1: there were two different people, and you, you chose the the other group, and that's still really disappointing and that's always going to be disappointing but like i said once it's there's going to be a time where i will be able to accept it as canon star wars and i'll i'll watch it and i'll have a big goofy grin on my face just eating it all up so
0: yeah like never underestimate my ability to force things into into shape in order to make me like them if it's star wars like
1: our, our friend Josh Mesker quoted BVS to us afterwards. The world only makes sense if you force it to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, in my my review on that box, I opened it with, you know, "Your focus determines your reality." I, I I I if I wanted to hate this movie, there is more than enough ammo. But I, I I'm 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 not. That's not me. I'm not going to be doing that. Like I'm, and I think that that's the case. That's going to be the difference between. I I don't want to say everyone who hated the last day is a bad person because it's, it's definitely not true. But I think that that's going to be the difference. Is that. There's going to be a lot of anger and disappointment at the gate, but I don't see people in two years tweeting J.J. Abrams telling him to die and, you know, that his kids should commit suicide or whatever. Like, like I don't see that happening, despite, I think, the actual initial disappointment being almost on the same level between the two groups. So
1: Yeah, I, I and the thing is, so I saw it with a friend. Uh, it was actually Quentin. Um, uh, we had him on, I think most recently it was uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, both of us just and, – and along with another friend just like vented the whole car ride home about like – it was just kind of mercilessly bashing it of just getting all of this anger out. But I would always end every like little mini conversation with – I'm telling you a year from now, I really will like this movie. Like I, it's a guarantee I'm going to like this. And then we'd move into another topic and be like, well, I hated that they did this and this thing infuriated me. And then at the end, am just like, but I'm telling you guys, I really will like this movie. A year from now. It's my curse. So I'm going to like it. And, and we just talked about like, that's the difference between me and him is he, he doesn't have the emotional investment and love that I do for star Wars overall. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I, you've got a lot of work cut out for you and I don't envy it. I'm like, it, it's true. It's just, I love that my choices to honestly that I see are either see the entire series ending with six and just having to pretend this didn't happen or accepting the new canon and forcing nine to make sense for the sake of enjoying it all. Because I, like, I'm a complete, I, I couldn't watch up to eight and stop and say, okay, I'm having a good time. Now this is the end. Like I need to go to the end, and if I'm going to, I, I do. I want to like every movie I see, and if I have a genuine love, I, it makes me annoyed because I'm, I feel like I'm supporting something I don't like. Which is that so long as you make a movie in a series that I like, I'm going to do your work for you. I, I don't like that. I don't like the sound of it. However, and as hypocritical as it may be, whenever I say this to other people, who are like you're supporting stuff that I hate. And it's just, I can say that because it's about a franchise that I don't care as much about. With this, In the case of Star Wars, I just, I love the series so much. I cannot stomach the idea of me hating the conclusion and not being able to enjoy it in its entirety. So
0: maybe, I, I will like it. Maybe we can re-edit Rise of Skywalker to, to take the broom kid segment from The Last Jedi and stick it on the end. That That'll fix it. Uh yeah, did I give my final thoughts? I, don't, I remember like like so yeah like I, I don't think I will ever be able to watch the sequel trilogy without and and I get to the end without an immense feeling of disappointment just because like there was a story that was being told and this film does not tell that story and so like that's sad and and, and, I, and I genuinely think the story of the last Jedi and the story of the Force Awakens can be picked up somewhere else like the, those themes are they're still there they can be paid off. But they just weren't here. That said, I, I, as you said, I do think I will. I don't know that I'll ever love this movie. Right now, I have it ranked above the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Um, but I think I will. I will like this movie. I like. I already kind of like it. Um, so yeah, that's not how I wanted to feel here. You know, sitting here, but it's what it is. And you know, it's Star Wars. It's crazy. Not all of it works. We have always known that. And this is the movie we got. And we got. We got to make do with it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Palpatine. What the, what the frick? <laughs> All right. Um, I can't say what it's going to be next week just because going through Christmas and New Year, our schedules are really crazy. Um, so there will probably be a week between whatever we, we decide to do. It, but I think it's going to be Star Wars Resistance. Um,
1: so until next week, we will see you in the TV series, maybe.
0: Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny.